I'm Carrie Benedett, and this is my podcast, Thriving Matters, where you will find tools to revitalise you and your relationships, whether at work or in your personal life. Well, a little bit about me. I'm an education consultant specialising in emotional intelligence, and I use creative approaches that empower people with proven processes. I'm known for my high energy, passion and compassion for those in need of help. And I like to shine a spotlight on what we can do. I'm here to bring positivity, confidence and strength every day, everywhere. My mantra in life has been, let's give it a red hot shot. Welcome to another episode of Thriving Matters and I have someone on the line that you are going to really enjoy today. Now, Michael Bungay-Stana is now classified as the world's number one coaching influencer. He's a thought leader in the world of coaching. So I'm going to say good morning, Michael, but you're going to say good afternoon. I know that from Toronto. I am. Yeah, I'm uh, always a little bit behind. So coming from Toronto, Canada, waving at Australia. I am Australian. I grew up in Canberra. So I get what it's like to be in a time zone ahead of the rest of the world. I'm just not there at the moment. Well, I know that you're Australian and that you have spent most of your working life in Toronto because you met the love of your life whilst you were working over there. But I didn't know you'd grown up in Canberra. So I grew up 90 k's down the highway in Cooma. Ah, there we go. We practically could wave at each other. We probably did at some stage. (laughs) We may have bumped into each other whilst doing something in Canberra. Who knows? Exactly. Michael, we have our guests and we talk really about how we thrive in life and work and we're pretty Mm -hmm. ordinary blokes you and I but I think we're doing some fairly extraordinary things and that's why I really enjoy these conversations so tell me you when you woke up this morning have you got a bit of a habit or a routine what was the thing that put a smile on your face because we're not in very good times at the moment it's pretty hard to find that smile Well, I do a number of things in the morning. It would be overstating it to say that I've got them nailed as a routine or a habit because I'm a bit erratic, but I will almost always make myself an espresso. I care about espresso. That's one of the legacies of growing up in Australia, which is like good coffee. And I do a little bit of writing in a journal. It's less things like artist pages where you're kind of just writing. It's more what's in my mind, what am I up to, what needs to be done today, what else occurs to me. Because of the lockdown, i exercising at home. So I pick up a kettlebell and I swing it around a little bit. And this morning, I also did an online exercise class. So kind of, you know, jumped around a bit and did push-ups and toe touches and stuff like that. And um, after that, the next thing that's ritualized for me is a nine o'clock check-in with Ainsley, who works with me on the team. And we just do a 10-minute check-in at the start of each day. You know, what are you up to? How are you doing? What do we need to know about each other? And then we do a end-of-day check-in as well for five minutes with one thing that we want to celebrate about the day. Oh, that's nice. I really like that last little bit. I think there's a lot of people that have a similar morning, Michael, which is um, really lovely. Now, one of the things that always interests me about you is that The launch of your new book called The Advice Trap, Be Humble, Stay Curious and Change the Way You Lead Forever has just been launched and I know it would have been in the making for a significant time beforehand, but you know, I finished reading it this week and it's right for the times. You must have some thoughts about maybe synchronicity or fortuity, but tell me about that. Yeah. 
the key message in the book is to say, look, it is often a more powerful act of leadership to stay curious a little bit longer. That sounds easy. It's actually tricky for most of us because we're built not only from years of practice and giving advice and being rewarded for having the answer, you know, in school and in uni and, and beyond. But actually our brain loves certainty. And part of why we love to give advice is it just creates a sense of confidence and authority and clarity and certainty, even though our advice is often a solving the wrong problem and b not very good anyway. Mm. Nonetheless, people are like, Oh, that's great. I mean, it's why people love an expert. You know, you go on the TV and there's some expert going, look, I'm holding a clipboard. I'm wearing a white lab coat. You're going to take me seriously now. And I'm like, I'm going to tell you some stuff. Everyone's like, Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you expert. But there's some good research that just says, look, the more confident your expert is typically the more likely they are to be wrong. Because if you're a real expert, you go, well, you know, it's complex. <laughs> it's tricky. You know, maybe this, maybe that. Who knows? I know enough to know how hard it is to be clear and simple about whatever the solution mm. is. Mm. Now, we're in a stressful time at the moment with the coronavirus. It's really hard because we are all jonesing for certainty. And that certainty doesn't exist. Like, nobody knows. Nobody knows how long this thing is going to go on for. Nobody knows the impact on the economy. Nobody knows what the employment rate will be. Nobody knows how many people will get sick. Nobody knows how many people will die. Just nobody knows. So a couple of things are happening. One is we're on this quest to try and find stuff out. And there's a way that we can ramp up our anxiety by continuing to look for answers whilst never being able to find answers. Yeah. The second thing that is probably more within your sphere of control is how do you show up as a person in this world? in this difficult time. And don't get me wrong, there is a place for advice, there is a place for certainty, there's a place for guidance, of course. But now is not a bad time to be thinking about how do you shift your behavior? Curiosity, it opens up the possibility of possibilities. And actually choice and possibility and autonomy are all things that we could do with more of rather than less of right now. And how true is that? Because certainty really is one of those triggers, positive or negative emotions. So I've always enjoyed and um, it made a big difference when I came across David Scarf's notion of scarf. You know, his um, mnemonic around David Rock, causes yeah. of positive and negative emotions. Certainty is in there coming in second in that yeah. mnemonic. That's exactly right. Everywhere you turn, everything is uncertain. Um, mm -hmm. and what you thought, what you had planned, and we're not great when something gets changed on us. It's planned is now shifted. And there's lots of words yeah. around, aren't there? You know, how agile are you? How are you adapting? So if any of us ever read or had Alice in Wonderland read to us, when uh, we all know that phrase, you know, curiouser and curiouser. Exactly. Um, where do you want to be? Well, that depends, said the cat. Uh -huh. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I've always loved that and enjoyed that. Um, Michael, over your years of living, has mm -hmm. there been maybe a particular person, a mentor or a situation or a practice that's really made the difference for you and it's helped you show up in a different way? Because when you put together your business around Box of Crowns and you, mm -hmm. you write your books, you now have got the 52 ways of living brilliantly this year that's, that started. Yeah. So, has there been someone yeah, or right. something that's made um, a big difference yeah. to you? That's a good question. 
So the short answer is, yeah, lots of people. <laughs> and, you know, there are some people who show up and they just give you a nudge at the right time and it makes a difference. And, you know, it's a fair bet that they don't even remember doing anything. Like I remember my first boss, you know, a year or two into my, this first job, as a kind of casual throwaway line, he said, Michael, you are a force for good in this world. And that struck a really deep chord for me. Like it really mattered. It felt that I was very seen, not just for who I was there, but for who I could become. And, you know, I bet if I called up Dave and went, Dave, do you remember saying this to me? Because it was amazing. He'd be going, yeah. look, I don't even know who you are, <laughs> let alone what I might have said to you 25 years ago or 30 years ago, whenever it was. And I think to my, one of my teachers in Canberra who goes, you know, I'm 14. He goes, Michael, what do you want to do after you finish high school here? I'm like, well, I'm thinking I'd like to go to Oxford because my dad is English and he went to Oxford university. So mm -hmm. I was like, I'll do that. And this teacher goes, well, obviously to go to Oxford, the only way you're going to get there is to be a Rhodes scholar. So I was like, okay, so whatever, I'll be a Rhodes scholar. I don't know what that means, but you know, that was a seed that was planted and I did become a Rhodes Scholar and I went to Oxford and that's where I met my wife and all good stuff like that. So there's a lot of people who've accidentally in a throwaway line bumped me at the right time and shifted my trajectory in some way or another. But if you go for the more foundational behaviors, then it's my family, you know, my mum and my dad and my two brothers. We were a pretty good, pretty functional family of good people who are big hearted and also in their own unique ways that families are kind of, you know, slightly screwed up. So I've got all of that. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm good at a bunch of stuff. I've got some blind spots on a bunch of stuff and I can look at my parents amongst other things and go, Oh, I've inherited that from you. So thanks. <laughs> of course, of course you've got to blame someone somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You pretty sound pretty normal though, don't you? <laughs> well, it's like we're all normal and we're all totally abnormal at, you know, at the same mm. time. That's where I sound. It's like one of the reasons I know I strike a chord with people when I'm giving a talk or running a workshop, I'll go, yeah, it's a bit like this. Have you ever had this experience? And everyone's like, oh my God, how did you know that I had that experience? I'm like, because I'm human and you're human. We're really not that different from each other, not just in a pure we have the same DNA piece, but we're wired the same way. It's why, you know, you can write out a list of cognitive biases that are global because we're just pretty similar. And then we're all differently interesting and interestingly different. Well, we're the ordinary blokes and we're just finding what it is that drives us, what our passion is, and we're doing it as best as we can. Yeah, and I love the notion of pondering. The ponder realm is something my daughter uses for her business name. And, you know, when she did it, I went, oh, my gosh, that is just so brilliant because in her life of going into literature, you know, the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe, mm -hmm. all the different things that we brought her up on. And it's interesting that I've actually gone to mention her today, which I haven't done before. So thanks for that. <laughs> there we go. That's all right. <laughs> I'm very grateful I have uh, that she's part of our family. Yeah. So in your experience, have you come across anybody that was just so left field that from your own cultural experience and your own upbringing that yeah. you've really been curious about yourself that you've gone looking for? I'll probably answer this in a bit of a kind of sideways manner. I've had a pretty good life and I've achieved some stuff that 
a betting person wouldn't have bet on me achieving, like winning a <laughs> scholarship and selling a bunch of books and blah, 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 all sorts of good yeah. stuff like that. I've been dealt a pretty good hand and then I played it really well. Like I've really tr gone for it. I've tried to turn up the dial so that I'm showing up at a kind of 10 out of 10 version yeah. of Michael as much as I can. So when I look at people who I don't even necessarily know, but I go, all right, Cirque du Soleil is a really interesting organization because it's different from other circuses and it's kind of fully committed to being its own version of its own circus. Yeah. And it's got a sense of how it's different and how it matters and how it shows up in the world. And it's a really powerful experience to, to watch them do their stuff. And the people I'm drawn to tend to be people who have a combination of things. They have a degree of humility and self-awareness. So they just go, look, um, let's not get carried away here. I've got my feet on the ground. Yeah. But they're also willing to go, let me try and be a bold version of myself. Because if not now, when? It's not going to happen after you're dead. So you may as well do it before you're dead. How true is that? We're in the box yeah. a long time. Yeah. That's why you've got to give it a red hot shot. So that's probably an unusual question to ask because it shows perhaps an assumption I make that because somebody is different to me, that they're out there and, you know, on the left side, as we might say. So that's probably says something about, you know, my opinion of others. And what I've right. found since I've left a large organisation and I've been working for myself, what I've found is I am bumping into the most extraordinary people who, if I had stayed in the organisation, I don't believe I would right. have bumped into them. And so that's their bolder version of themselves. They're showing up and that's what's showing up for me. So maybe my nice. antenna is out a bit more. Don't know. <laughs> I'd probably say. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. There's that saying that you are the sum of the five people closest to you. I don't know if that's true or not. There is some research that goes, your weight is probably the average weight of your five closest friends. Your wealth is probably the average wealth of the five people you hang out with. Yeah. But there's probably something there. But there is a way that finding people who embody some approach to life that you aspire to and hanging out with them will give you the courage to step forward into that possibility. That's right. Yeah. At the moment, you know, there's lots of jargon around about living in uncertain times in what we're doing. So one of the questions, I think we've just hit a new decade and it's been very interesting living in Australia because we've just lived through a huge drought yeah. At Christmas time, our homes were burning, our beautiful land was burning, our animals were yep. burning. Now we have a pandemic. And one of the questions that I started to add to any of my guests this year was, if you had a message for the world for the next decade, is there something you'd like to say? You know, I don't have a ready answer for that because part of what I try and stand for is an enabling people to have the courage to make their own choices, you know, to make braver choices, to make mm. choices that were kind of less self-serving, but also self-serving, you know, but it's like to have the courage to make the bigger, bolder choice and telling people directly to do that doesn't work. In fact, for me, telling people to do stuff in general doesn't work that well. Just, you know, who, why would you listen to me? And the work that I do is to, create the tools that allow possibilities to arise. So when I teach people through my books and through the workshops and other stuff that I do around curiosity, 
I'm really trying to influence a behavior that I hope will play out in a certain way. That's right. And it is an interesting question because a lot of people have said to me, look, if there's one thing, I just want people to be kinder to each other. What they really talk about is behaviour, just like what you have talked about, the behaviour. One of the shifts for me happened when I came across your first book, The Coaching Habit, yep. and had a look at those seven questions that you've got there. But I have a favourite question out of all of these, and it's the all question. Mm -hmm. Or AWE, and when you sit down and you talk about it to people and you talk with them, all of a sudden you see the light bulb go on when you go, and what else? Just use the first letters of and what AWE, else? AWE, yep, and what else? And it's, yeah. it's brilliant. When your second book, The Advice Trap, came out, stay humble, stay curious, change the way you are. See, being humble, staying curious, and yeah. changing, well, that's the all question. That's true. Yeah. So, I mean, your key values of why you do what you do are sitting here, sitting here, and you've yeah. put it out there in public for everybody. So I want to thank you for that because it's been something very useful, not just for me in the work I do, but also with how, how I am with my family. And uh, That's and perfect. So, Michael, I've heard a couple of things today that uh, our listeners might like to use as their call to action between this in our next podcast or whatever it is that they're doing this week. And I know it's a topsy-turvy world out there at the moment. And right. I've really enjoyed hearing you say, you know, be a force for good. That's what I, yeah. I picked up. So I'd like nice. to say Thank you. if there's something that you can do this week that is being a force for good, whether you want to put your Star Wars costume on or your Spider-Man suit, whatever it is, find that hero exactly. in you and uh, your, your superpower. But what is your force for wood going to be this week? And the other thing that I really loved was the word nudge. Nudge and shift mm -hmm. for me work really nice. Who can you give a little nudge to? Where might it be? Yes. And you might be totally unexpected and you take the opportunity up to do it. So, Michael, if anyone would like to contact you or find out more about your work, what at the moment is your best contact? Yeah, the best place to go is mbs.works. That's the name of a website, mbs.works. And... There you get access to the kind of free resources that are in the books. You get access to the Year of Living Brilliantly, which Carolyn hinted at, which is a free 52-week video-based course. And there's other pieces there as well. So mbs.works. The other thing I'd love people to listen to or watch to is I have a, a new TEDx talk out. So if you Google TEDx, how to tame your advice monster, and uh, if you like it, pass it along because it's all about ideas we're spreading with TED. Fantastic. And listeners... If you'd like to know more about what I do as a leadership coach, pop on to carriebenedette.com. Uh, you'll find me on most social media platforms as well. You can't believe I had goosebumps and I woke up with a bit of a start this morning going, I get to talk to Michael Bungestainer today. <laughs> and I just went, Thank you. how good is that? And it was dark when I got up here because Daylight Saving finishes here this weekend and we're it's really quite dark at six o'clock and uh, right. made the coffee and I just going I can't believe it I can't believe it so I am so <laughs> so thrilled <laughs> and you are very very generous Michael I know how busy you are anyway yeah well, uh, thank you thanks for having me oh a pleasure a pleasure so folks don't forget pull out that all question and what else for yourself each day it's dynamite because your thriving matters. So I really hope you give life a red hot shot. I know it's turbulent times. There's a lot of unknown, but trust yourself and trust 
that you will get your compass going really well. Till next time, take care everybody and go gently. Thanks, Michael. Bye-bye. See ya.